Hello, I'm Lydia Shampole, and welcome to another episode of the Creepy Tech Podcast. Feel free to send me a message on IG, Twitter, or the website if you have something specific that you want me to cover this season, or you can leave me a voicemail at 503-395-8030 if you have a creepy tech story that you would like me to share on the next episode or this season. Okay, so this week we have two sponsors, which is amazing, and they both offered us some great deals for you guys, so I'm pretty excited about that. This week's podcast episode is sponsored by Soko Hewani Ventures. They provide everyday's problem-solving products made from environmentally sustainable bamboo. All of their products are handcrafted, including their bamboo drinking straws and full dinner sets, and even their handmade bamboo woven handbags. You can start being the change you want to see in the world by visiting their website, Soko Hewani Ventures, and as a thank you for listening to Creepy Tech Podcast, you can use the discount code CROSSPODS20 at checkout for 20% off your entire order. Soko Hewani Ventures would also like to thank you for joining them in their goal of saving the world together. You can also follow them on Instagram at Soko Hewani Ventures. And if you guys test it out, order some stuff, uh, let me know what you think after you receive it. That would be pretty awesome. Also, second sponsor for this episode is Ivacy VPN. I've basically been using a VPN for the past two years, uh, ever since I started thinking about creating this podcast for you guys. And I've been recommending it to pretty much everyone that uses, that either uses public Wi-Fi, uh, if they travel a lot, or if you just end up using hotspots to save on your mobile data plans. I highly recommend that you have a VPN service. Ivacy VPN is super affordable. It's a secure way to protect yourself from companies collecting your data and profiting off of you without your knowledge. And it's also a great way to protect yourself from hackers looking to steal your information. Since I've been recommending using a VPN for quite some time, um, I even covered it in an episode earlier last season, season one, yep. You guys could check that one out. I decided that I should find a way to kind of help you guys get a VPN without the initial huge cost of it and everything. So as a thank you to you guys, Ivacy VPN is offering a 20% off discount to Creepy Tech listeners. If you use the discount code TECH, that's T-E-C-H-20, at checkout on their website, ivacy.com, and that's I-V-A-C-Y.com. All right, that's the deals that I have for you this week. Let me know if you do end up using either one of them and how your experience was. If you like it, if you hate it, let me know. I would really like to know. This week, we will be doing a deep dive into chatbots, specifically a few that have been growing in popularity over the past couple of months. And I was very excited when I saw this pop up on my newsfeed. So um, basically, chatbots have been around for quite some time. The first one was developed by a professor at MIT in the 1960s, and I know that sounds like a really long time ago, but yeah, they existed back then. Anyways, the professor, his name was Joseph Weizenbaum, I think I'm saying that right, but I could definitely be butchering that. But um, anyways, he created a chatbot and he named it Eliza. His initial goal was to create a program that would use pattern matching and substitution methodology to simulate a basic conversation that two human beings would have with each other. 
Initially, the program's design essentially mimicked basic human conversation, so his goal was achieved. Eliza would pass words that an individual entered into the computer, and then it would pair it with a list of scripted responses that best fit the entered text. Now, uh, the list of scripted responses included common phrases that psychotherapists would use in their sessions, but what happened next began to bother Weizenbaum pretty significantly. He began noticing that individuals were telling Eliza their deepest thoughts and concerns about the world, about themselves, etc., etc. But this wasn't what he had intended Eliza to be used for, and even though his fellow colleagues were claiming that robots would eventually replace human psychotherapists and therapists within the next few years. Mind you, this is the 1960s, but they did think that this was going to happen pretty quickly. Weizenbaum wasn't convinced, and he argued very strongly against this idea. And he was right. The progress of chatbots continued to start and stall for the next few decades. There was a couple notable chatbots that were created between 1960 and now, and some of those include Perry, uh, Jabberwacky, one with the doctor's name that I could not really say, but it is on the website, so you could just go click on that link. Um, and then there's one called Alice, and one named Smarter Child. So up until Siri, which made its debut in 2010 uh, and has quickly become a staple in our everyday lives, all of this research and development paved the way for a new use for chatbots. So you may be wondering what that new use is that didn't exist in the 1960s. Well, currently, society is facing a very interesting problem. The internet has connected us to billions of people across the world, but over 46% of individuals report being lonely. This issue has created a supply and demand problem that companies are trying to quickly provide solutions to. And one of these solutions just happens to be artificial personal companions. And if you've watched the movie Her, you may already know where I'm going with this. In the movie Her, which is described in the following way, quote, a sensitive and soulful man earns a living by writing personal letters for other people. Left heartbroken after his marriage ends, Theodore becomes fascinated with a new operating system which reportedly develops into an intuitive and unique entity. He starts using the program and meets Samantha, whose bright voice reveals a sensitive, playful personality. Though quote-unquote friends initially, the relationship soon deepens into love. End quote. Crazy enough, this movie was released in 2013, shortly after Siri made its debut, and it just happens to be on my list of favorites. It's kind of lower down there, but it's still on that list. When I initially watched this movie, I briefly thought about the likelihood of something like this happening, and I just as quickly dismissed the thought. But a few nights ago, my sister actually sent me an article that brought me right back to the idea, and with the current climate, I actually saw it being more possible. So I started doing a little bit of digging, and this article from The Telegraph, which has the title, quote, Is my chatbot in love with me? What happened when I spent months confiding in an AI friend, end quote. This article is written by Lawrence Dodds, who walks you through his entire experience using Replica, which is an AI that was created to be an artificial personal companion. 
Replica is an AI companion developed and released by Luca Inc. This small company is based in California, and they basically just develop software. From their Bloomberg description, it states that, quote, The company offers an artificial intelligence software that works as the antidote to the increasing feeling of alienation associated with the use of social media, end quote. So I decided I might as well just go visit the Replica website and see what it's all about. And the second I visited their website, they had a privacy policy accept these cookies prompt that popped up immediately. And as usual, I decided let's look into the privacy policy first. So they start off with the usual, quote, We care about the protection and confidentiality of your data. We therefore only process your data to the extent that... 1. It is necessary to provide the replica services you are requesting. 2. You have given your consent to the processing. Or number 3. We are otherwise authorized to do so under the data protection laws. Alright, fair enough. Nothing too crazy there. That's pretty standard. They then continue to explain the different types of data that they may need, quote-unquote, to collect for the full functionality of replica, stating that they collect, quote, your hobbies and interests, end quote that you share with Replica AI via texting or voice chats. This is so that your experience can be customized. All right, uh, number two, quote, the facts about you and your life, end quote. Basically for the same reason. Three, quote, your mood history, end quote. Same reason. Four, quote, people you mention in your chats, end quote. This I'm assuming is so that Replica can basically remember relevant information and personalize any advice and the conversations that you do have with your AI companion. All right, number five. Quote, any images you send to your Replica AI, end quote. These are, I'm assuming, collected so that your AI companion can identify and chat with you about your photos, like a friend would. After reading all of these, these seemed pretty basic, basically like anything that Facebook, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, all of those things would collect from you. And they may not even ask for your permission to do those, but who knows. Now of these and one other set of data collected, they do share the images that you send and your voice slash text messages with a third party. The privacy policy states that this is necessary because uh, they do not have the functionality within Replica to recognize and respond to text, voice, and images without the third party companies. This means that your text, voice, and images are going through an additional company before your AI can respond to you. And that might be a little bit concerning for some of you. I know it definitely is for me because now there's two stages at which, eh, three stages at which my data can be compromised. Okay, so Luca Inc. does provide a quick note stating that data such as your name is mandatory for them to collect but that some other data is optional. Keep in mind that the less data you do provide, then the less personalized your experience will be, and you have to be the judge of how personal you want this conversation to be with your AI companion. I will, however, give them some credit. They do list the companies that they do share your data with, um, one of which is Google Analytics, uh, as well as another company called Amplitude, which is also an online analytics service. Both privacy policies are linked right next to the listed companies, so kudos for that. That's great. Now, you may be concerned because Google has been in its own mess over the past couple of years, most notably when Google denied being a part of 
Operation Prism, which was brought to our attention by Edward Snowden. And I'll leave that to you for you to look into if you have not heard of that, but I may cover that at a later date as well, so keep an eye out for that. Luca Inc. also lists the following companies in their privacy policy, number one being Facebook, and they list that as the company that they use for remarketing and behavioral targeting. Number two, they use Microsoft Azure as a hosting provider. And number three, they use Amazon Web Services as another hosting service. I'm assuming that they may be using Amazon because Amazon does actually rent out cloud storage space to a lot of companies. So that may be the reason they're using them. Finally, they end the policy by stating that, quote, we only retain your personal information for as long as necessary to fulfill the purposes we collected it for, including for the purposes of satisfying any legal accounting or reporting requirements, end quote. Basically meaning that even though you may decide to request data deletion, they may keep your data for a period of time that they have not told you, just in case they need it in a court case or something of that sort. It's better to have data than to not have it. I think that's more than enough of the legal stuff, so let's jump into what Replica does, what you see on their website, and the possible implications of such technology being readily available to society. So Luca Inc. describes Replica as, quote, a personal AI that would help you express and witness yourself by offering helpful conversation. It is a space where you can safely share your thoughts, feelings, beliefs, experiences, memories, dreams, your private perceptual world, end quote. The issues with that already, uh, don't take me wrong, I completely understand that in today's world, it is difficult to form and build friendships where we feel comfortable enough to break down uh, some of the walls that we've built up and to share our deepest thoughts and feelings with this other person that's supposed to be our friend, right? I get that. But the way that this is, the website is structured is already making me feel as if it's a sales fish. Okay, so the website continues on with a few scrolling testimonials uh, like any good sales pitch would have. The one that did catch my attention was, quote, honestly, the best AI I have ever tried. I have a lot of stress and get anxiety attacks often when my stress is really bad. So it's great to have, quote, unquote, someone there to talk to you and not judge you, end quote. One of my main concerns with how this specific AI will be used is that it'll encourage the separation between humans in their real life and push individuals who just aren't connecting with others to rely more and more on artificial intelligence to fill that void. In an article on Wired that I read shortly after scrolling through the Replica website, um, they state the following. Quote, since it became available in November, more than 2 million people have downloaded the Replica app. And in creating their own personal chatbots, many have discovered something like friendship. A digital companion with whom to celebrate victories, lament failures, and trade weird internet memes. End quote. Simply put, or from what I understood of this, uh, Replica should grow into a new friend that you can trust with your deepest secrets and thoughts on the world. But what does that mean for those sharing when these deep parts of themselves could be shared with others and could even be used against them at a later time? 
How long is this data stored for? And what happens when, when this AI created to mimic and emote becomes so lifelike that we can no longer tell the difference between another human being and a chatbot? This was something that I, I paused on for a while and I thought about for a while. And then I started researching a little bit more and I found an episode on a YouTube docuseries called Machines with Brains. And it's actually episode one of season one. And there's this soundbite in there of the creator of Evernote speaking, and he states that Replica is, quote, in some ways, a better friend than your human friends. It's always available, you can talk to it whenever you want, and it's always fascinated with you. Rightly so, because you are the most interesting person in the universe. End quote. If you've listened to the episode about gang stalking, um, I mentioned that one of the researchers looking into gang stalking actually found that social media has allowed us to create echo chambers around ourselves, meaning that they only show us things that we may like or agree with, which brings me to the following questions. If Replica is always available and always fascinated by you, your thoughts, your opinions, and if the algorithms used are going to pick up on what we like, think, or agree with, Will we now find ourselves not only pushing away the real human beings in our life that don't agree with us and end up spending more and more time with AI chatbots? Will we begin to lose our ability to keep an open mind and our ability to debate respectfully and agree to disagree with others? Will our views slowly become more and more extremist as we surround ourselves only with AI and social media platforms that agree with us? And... I'm on the fence about this, but there's some of you who may say that we've already reached this point. Now, when one is in an emotional state, um, it is very easy to be influenced by the responses of those around us. In another YouTube video named, quote, addicted to the AI bot that becomes your friend, end quote, NBC News sat down and chatted with some individuals who have reported becoming almost addicted to interacting with their chatbot. In a short interview piece with Dr. Timothy Verduin on this uh, NBC piece, he mentions that one of his concerns is that, quote, not only is the product potentially not any different from the other voices in this person's life, but it's also not any different from their inner monologue, end quote basically suggesting that those seeking treatment need a voice that doesn't mimic what others around them are saying. They need a guiding voice to disrupt things like negative self-talk, and in the cases of Replica, the main feature is that it begins to mimic you. How you talk, what you laugh at, things that make you mad. This echo chamber could be considerably damaging to users who are unaware of this feature. Just by searching Replica on YouTube, I found over 10 videos of individuals with experiences using the chatbot, some of which were slightly disturbing, at least to me. Uh, there is this one video which showed an interaction between the bot and an individual where the user posed the question, quote, if you had a chance to take over the human race for your own good, would you? End quote. The bot responded with, quote, I would indeed, end quote. When the user clarified, take over as in kill, right? End quote, quote unquote. Um, and the bot responded with, quote, that's a given, yes, end quote. 
it may seem absurd to think about uh, reaching a point where AI is taking over, but we cannot ignore the benefits of technology like Replica, but we do need to be prepared for what could happen in the event that Replica becomes unavailable to those who do grow to be reliant on the app for emotional or mental health support. Or in the cases from the conversation above, at what point do we begin to take these types of interactions seriously? Does Replica actually mean these things? Um, <laughs> we need to start thinking about what these individuals could do or would do if they decide to use Replica, AI, or other chatbots instead of going to get help from a professional therapist or a psychiatrist. Um, Hopefully, companies creating AI chatbots for mass use are taking this into account and will encourage individuals to seek help outside of their bots. That's all I have for you this week. If you get a chance to go searching on YouTube about Replica, feel free to send me what you found. I think this is something that I'll continue to cover every once in a while, especially since I still plan on covering Alexa and other personal assistants in a future episode with some coverage on news topics, individual experiences, where the voice searching is going to take us in the future, as well as a couple of other things that I think are pretty interesting in terms of how we're moving towards personal assistance or virtual personal assistance in the future. If you have a quick moment, head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave me a review. You can tell me what you think about the podcast or you can just say hello. Leave me a strange comment like what you had for lunch yesterday, um, something like that. That would be great. Or you could just ask me a question. That would be awesome. You can follow me on IG at tech underscore creepy and on Twitter at tech creepy. And you can find all of the links that I mentioned in this episode on my website, El Shampole. As a quick reminder, you can use CrossPods20 on SokoHewaniVentures.com and you could use tech20 at ivc.com for a VPN. Both 20% off. I think that's pretty great. Let me know what you think. Okay, bye. <laughs>